Sie hören Sport und Musik. In a world where fans fight over whether to call it football, football, or soccer, two German men defy the odds and call it Fußball. Bringing you inside the German-American Fußball experience. And now, here are your hosts, the Schnitzel Boys. Kista. We have a debut. Welcome everyone to the Schnitzel Boys. I am your host, Stefan Schnitzel, alongside my co-host, Bjorn Schnitzel. Bjorn, how are you doing today? Hello, I am very well. Thank you very much. Uh, this this was uh, uh, the most excitement, I think, about this Peppy debut that... <laughs> <laughs> um yes hey, i want to open the show t- with energy excitement it was 30 minutes <laughs> that's, that's right i had a feeling it would play and sure enough they put him right out there and he played yeah. for 30 minutes i will say there is real excitement like for a guy who's followed americans who've gone overseas i remember like like watching i remember hearing an interview with carlos bocanegra right when he started with fulham and he's like, I need to catch the bus, he said on the interview, which is funny. He's like, this is going to be long. I got to go catch the bus. <laughs> and I just, just love watching Americans play in a new app because it's exciting from our little baby MLS yeah. to go to the big S- leagues, right? 16, and, and, 16 and, and, million and, and euros. 16 million euros. Chump change in my book, but a lot of money for others, perhaps. <laughs> and uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, just joking. I'm poor. Uh, but uh, uh, it was cool to see a guy. It's like rare these days, too. And we're seeing that maybe a little more for a guy to go straight from a first team MLS week in, week out, to then go to Europe and then go straight into first team minutes in Europe. That's just really cool to see. And it's interesting to see how he adapts. Anyway, uh, this week is. Schnitzel Boys 12 uh, turned upside down, mainly because of all sorts of stuff. We'll, we'll get into all sorts of stuff. But there isn't much going on in the U.S. front, so it's going to be a very Bundesliga German thing, obviously with American perspective, like Pit Peppy and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and, and lots of, uh, lots of transfers. Lots of transfers some, some, to talk about. Transfers to yeah. talk about, right? Uh, stuff we predicted that followed through and, and whatnot. Certain players playing again, you know? Uh, but anyway, uh, Bjorn, what is first on the docket today? What do you want to do? Let's just do. Let's start with the rundown. Let's start with the rundown. My thoughts get exactly. Are you good to go? Get the into it. Get into it. Yeah. Let's let's go. Get into it. All right. All right. Let's do it. Hold on. Here's the <laughs> now. Music. It's time for the German soccer rundown. That's it. On Friday, Gladbach beat COVID decimated Bayern again, two to one in a snowy affair. On Saturday, Leipzig beat Mainz four to one after an early red for Mainz's hack and a goal and two assists for halftime sub Gunku. Bayer Leverkusen got a late equalizer from defender Ta to rescue a point, two to two against Union Berlin. Hoffenheim ruined Pepe's debut for Augsburg, three to one, while Fürth and Stuttgart stayed scoreless. 
Dortmund managed a late comeback in Freiburg, winning 3-2 after being down 2-0 with Dahoot getting the Frankfurt. late winner. Uh, did I say, what did I say? You said Freiburg, Frankfurt. Sorry, let me know. Did I mean Frankfurt? Frankfurt? Oh, yes. Sorry about that. Frankfurt. Dahoot got the winner. On Sunday, Hertha lost to Köln. 1-3 at home. And in the battle of the VFLs, Bochum beat Wolfsburg 1-0, handing them their sixth straight Bundesliga defeat. That was a hard game to watch, but we'll talk about it. And that is the German soccer rundown. Super, prima, well done. Why was the Bochum Wolfsburg game hard to watch? I figured you would really love. I mean, you got. Is it just because it was a tough game in general? No, I was or, very happy. Or, or... I was very happy for Bochum to win, but it was one of those. Yeah. Like, it had had nil had zero zero written written all over it. There were not a lot of not a lot of chances. Um, uh, I think. It was a yeah, it was a bit of a was a bit of a slog, but I and it was kind of you know, and then, uh, uh, but this is what Bochum has been good at doing: turning ties into wins with some kind of random, you know, the goal Pantovic he sort of didn't know much about it, bounced off the defender, hit his head, and that was it. He was sort of like that was the that was the only score of the game. And Wolfsburg really didn't have much, uh, um, didn't have a lot of fight in them. So that was it. But uh, for a neutral, not a lot, not a lot to recommend there. But Wolfsburg seems to not have many answers, which is odd because they have the, the roster is pretty packed, right? I mean, they've got the players. Something's they have going some on players. There. I mean, they look, they don't look like a confident team. They don't look like they really want to be there. John Brooks looks like his niece his niece hurt or something is going on. Like it's not a his niece and his nephew hurt. Oh yeah. That's hey, right. Hey. Uh, but it's okay. You're at the U S we live and die by John Brooks. A few months later, we got ourselves as a Walker Zimmer, Zimmerman. So John Brooks is allowed to be a little sloppier these days. Cause you know, he's not super, we're not super dependent on, on someone like him. He's not, he's not in, not in demand. No, but he's, also a dude who's always been a yo-yo guy like when he's like last season was probably the best form of his career uh will he have that again it's up to him i don't know he's he, he seems to be distracted a lot maybe off-field stuff gets in his way a lot there's a famous story of his earlier days at Hertha berlin uh his coach suspended him for a few weeks because he got a full back tattoo middle of the season oh wow, i have okay. to skip practice for recovery and things like that <laughs> and the coach is just like what the heck mm. they're like i'm dropping you man it's like you can't skip practice because you got a back tattoo uh i mean we he, know, we so we, maybe, we focus maturity yeah. is lacking but we focus on him because he's american but the whole team looks like you know they they kind of are are not super into it and uh yeah, and yeah. that is what and bochum they are they are into it I mean, there's not my my son actually asked me during the game, who do you think is your best player? And I said, uh, well, it's probably Riemann, the goalie. And he said, well, other than the goalie. And I was like, it's sort of hard to pick one. There's not a ton of uh, there's there's uh, um, I mean, and that's good and bad, right? Like the the everybody is 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 pretty oh, solid yeah. and, and they they are more than the sum of their parts. But there is not a ton of of quality there. And so we keep they keep we keep depending on these kind of fluky goals 
to get us these wins. But as long as that as long as that keeps going, Bochum's a very fine. They're a work team. They yeah, like they've never been a star. To, you know, I, I remember back in the day, Paul Flaya was one of the big stars. Darius Vos, yeah, 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 stars. You know, I mean, those are the only. Right? I mean, those are the only two, really. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and the only, those are the only those, two that ever made the national leader guys. Yeah, yeah. And, and those guys were captains in the midfield. It's not like they were Robert Lewandowski or anything like that. You know, uh, probably the greatest player of all time, Tchaikovsky, later who played for the New York Red Bulls. He's probably a huge superstar. What? Who? Uh, he, he played for Bochum? Mark, Mark Tchaikovsky. Yeah, he played for Bochum for years. He was the oh, biggest I not, player. I did not know that. <laughs> he was not the biggest player. Yeah, he played for Bochum <laughs> and then Zao Pauli and then came for the Red Bulls. And I love Tchaikovsky. Yeah, he was, he was pretty – he was good. He was, a, he was a solid player. He was a solid yeah. player uh, for Bochum. Uh, and then, you know, Christoph Poiss. Uh, I just remember that name because it's such a perfect name for that for, for a German of that region. <laughs> Poiss, yeah. Uh, Poiss, Poiss Impressions. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, like, it's like if I'm from New York, I'm called... I'm called Steve Gotham or something like that. <laughs> kind of along those lines. <laughs> right, Steve it's Gotham. Like such a great, appropriate name for that area. Uh, yeah, well, but again, congrats to Bochum. Yeah. So, real quick, uh, a little context for the Americans. So the, the Bundesliga winter break was shortened this year because of just all seasons are out of whack because of COVID and the World Cup or whatnot. They're, having, they're trying to abridge it a little bit this year. Yeah. And this weekend was the first weekend of the Rückrunde. Rückrunde. Return... Literally translated means back round. Yeah, the back round. Properly translated, it means a a second leg or like return leg would probably be the. the, It's sort of like in golf, you have the front nine and the back nine, and so in the in the Bundesliga, there's the 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 front the front seventeen and the back seventeen. The (laughs) hinrunde, hinrunde, and rückrunde. Yeah, and this is the. so this the is the ended. There's the 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 Herbstmeister, which is the champion in the middle. Just a, uh, 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 what's it? Just a uh, honorary title, not a real title. Yeah. Uh, and uh, now it's time for the second half of the season. And at the end of the season is the real champion. So uh, we had Bayern München up by nine in the winter. Let me. Uh, and then uh, Bochum came out swinging. They got the three points. And so we're now five five going. ahead of five ahead of Augsburg. And we've got our own. We've got our own Pepe. I'm gonna. I'll talk about that a little later. But we've got. We've got our own version of Pepe. I was gonna and, say. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, we were we'll just see talking how about Bochum doesn't have stars, but Pepe is a star. So who's Bochum's Pepe? You want to save that for later? What's yeah, I want to. I want to talk about that during the. Well, I can tell you, it's Jurgen. It's Jurgen Lokadia, but I have more to say about him later. Um, you, say that again. I mean, kind of Jurgen Lokadia. Jurgen Lokadia. That's a cool he's name. a Dutch. Like he's a Dutch player, and uh, yeah, he came on a free, and he's a striker. He did not get off the bench this time. We got to look at him sitting on the bench, but that's it so far. Oh, he we'll hasn't see. played. He hasn't played yet. He has. He just arrived, and he did not play. <laughs> this week. Now I get it. Now I get it. Um, All right. Well, does does he come with his own train? He does not. He certainly does not. No, he's uh He got cut. I mean. Uh, he got cut by FC Cincinnati, the the worst team in Major League Soccer. So that's uh, that's oh no uh, way. Yeah, that's how that's who we that's who we get. We get uh, we get FC Cincinnati's rejects. Augsburg gets Ricardo Pepe, the great American hope, and we get uh, a guy a DP DP cast off from FC Cincinnati, the worst team in Major League Soccer. Hey, you never um, know that. 
one man's trash and the man's uh, <laughs> we'll find out real quick remember when i chatted you like a minute ago i thought it was in the private chat it's not it's on the public youtube chat so <laughs> in our youtube comments is can you hear me can you hear it's me oh night. our our audio <laughs> test is in the <laughs> we are seasoned chat. this is so this is are... podcast <laughs> number 12 we are seasoned pros at this point we know seasoned what we're doing pros. and we're gonna well stick, everyone's stick invited it's a big party and everyone's invited that's right to see everybody's it. so that's how it works let me ask you a question, ah. Stefan. Shoot. Before Shoot. the season, you are picture yourself as a Gladbach fan. Borussia, you're you're a rabid fan of Borussia Mönchengladbach, and I tell you, you've, you're playing Bayern three times this season. You win twice and you tie one time. What place in the standings? What place you're in in the table? What is your guess? I think I'd be flying high. I'd be tippy top of that table if I beat yeah. Bayern twice. But no, in the backwards, it's kind of why I title this episode. Um, I want to title this episode uh, something from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Flip, flip, uh, flip um, turned flip turned upside down. Mm-hmm. So I flip turned upside down and boop boop. You know, from the intro song there from Fresh Prince. And the reason is because in crazy Bundesliga, we have traditional clubs slipping, namely Borussia Mönchengladbach, slipping quite a bit. Uh, however. The one team they can beat is Bayern München. Yeah. The team that no one else can beat. And that's not just in Germany. That's anywhere. So how backwards is that? The only points they can get are against Bayern München, probably one of the world's, if not the world's best club at the moment. At the moment. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's disappointing for them. Like what, like I said, I, I think if they, if you had told them that they would do this well against Bayern, they would have probably thought they'd be a little better than they were. But otherwise. There is a little bit of a bigger story here. <clears throat> it's not just Borussia Mönchengladbach. Do you know who has Bayern's number? Adi it's Hütte. Adi, Adi Hütte. Yeah. Adi Hütte specifically. Right. Cause I think the last five times he specifically played against Bayern under Gladbach and then previously under Frankfurt, I believe. Right. He won all five of them, I think, or at least one. Who's undefe- at least mm-hmm. undefeated? Uh, I should again, as as people in the comments have mentioned before, we should check our facts a little bit ahead of t- <laughs> ahead of time. But from never, Adi Hutter, never, never. We like we're soccer fans, and we speak from the hip and from the heart, uh, not necessarily from the Gahan, the brain or our intelligence. Uh, but like, you know, Adi Hutter has their number, so. Good on Adi Hutter. Maybe you should teach a workshop on how to beat Bayern and put it on YouTube so other coaches can figure it out. Right. But anyway, uh, the, the Bayern-Gladbach game ended up 2-1 for Gladbach. Uh, it opened with a great goal from Robert Lewandowski. I just watched yeah. that game, and I just, I, we just have to appreciate the brilliance that is Robert Lewandowski and enjoy him while he lasts. He's in, what, robbed, he's 33 now or something. He was, he was robbed of the Ballon d'Or. He should have won it. Definitely robbed of the Ballon d'Or. That dude is a world-class striker in a way I haven't seen in years. You know, uh, I'd put him up there easily with Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo. Ronaldo, Der, Ronaldo the Knipser, the Knipser to end all Knipsers. The the echt Knipser, the super Knipser, the OG Knip, the OG Knipser, OG Knipser. And so he had a great goal and a pretty good game overall. But Bayern mentioned we're we're missing thirteen players yeah very very Afghan, decimated yeah the african combination several to some injuries and then still plenty to covid mm-hmm. uh a young german american by the name of i believe it was timothy tillman right there's two tillmans one at Furt and one at bayern one's malik tillman and there's timothy tillman mm-hmm. i believe the one at bayern is timothy tillman i could be wrong i may be good he was on the field you know 
specifically because they had spots to to give. Sven Ulreich was playing, a guy who I think is a decent bench keeper, but overall not the best keeper in the world. Timothy Tillman is with Furt, so Malik Tillman is with Bayern München. Malik Tillman was on the field against Gladbach. The Bayern um, bench, the Bayern bench looked like they were all going to be picked up by their parents. Like they, they, they and, and that's it was a very young, true. yeah. Because, uh, uh, because, um, uh, uh, what's uh, Jamil Musiala keeps getting dropped off. He's seventeen. He keeps getting dropped off by his mom. Um, yeah. So Bayern mentioned we're a little unlucky. However, they still have the depth and the strength to be able to. And they're at home. They should have been able to do a little bit better. I mean, Muller was on the field. Lewandowski was on the field. Nabri yeah, was the, on the, field. the front line. The front line was good, but it was the the back line that was. Uh... Marcel Zabitza had to fill in at uh, uh, at fullback, and he did not. He did not no. look good. He did not. Have Overall, Zabitza isn't having an amazing season, but but what do you expect? Like like you know, his spot was taken. Him moving to Bayern was clearly strictly a financial move for him, and he's just been filling hole. You know what I mean? He's been coming off the bench, filling hole. He hasn't really been a key figure. We could, like he was with Leipzig. And it shows, and it might affect him a little bit as a player, so we'll see. Because Zabatza is a very good player. I think he's a great player. However, his services are needed elsewhere. I don't think Bayern München need his services super much at the moment. Um, but uh, overall, as a, as a bigger fan, I'm all about it. I love the fact that the first thing that happened was the gap was trunk. Well, uh, barely. Bayern I mean, München were it, complaining. It was... Well, real quick, uh, Bayern, Brian yeah. mentioned we're complaining that the game should have been called off after the game because it was too snowy. Uh, mm. At least some of the players mentioned it. I say nonsense. It wasn't that big of a deal. Just snowed a little bit, you know. As as, as a as a U.S. fan, as a veteran of the Snow Classico uh, versus Costa Rica, I say it can't get too <laughs> can't snowy. Get, anyway. Can't get snowy enough. Well, they also <laughs> have the heated. They have the heated um, turf. The the heated ground, yeah. so it doesn't really stick. Yeah, I mean, it did snow. It did seem like it snowed a lot, but uh, COVID really is is Bayern's main rival at this point because because Dortmund barely kept up. They needed really. Yep. I mean, if if uh, um, I guess they're just going to give up two goals every game for the rest of the season, and and they'll need well, they'll need I to score three. Earlier, yeah, and I've alluded before with with guys like um, uh, uh, with with guys like Mats Hummels a little bit past their prime. Borussia Dortmund's Achilles heel is their defense. You know, up, up top, they're pretty yeah, healthy. Very but much in the so. Back, in the back, they need to tighten that up. And <clears> I don't know. They need, they have all these great young, like Jude Bellingham and Gio Reyna and all these great Wunderkinds up top. They need a Wunderkind in back. <laughs> they need a Wunderkind. They need a Wunderkind center back is what they need. Yeah. So they they it was two nothing up until like the 80th minute or so or the 77th minute i don't remember where yeah and then, but lucy dortmund finally 80 something yeah and then they got the two and it really long. i mean i watched that game it wasn't up to that point you really didn't think oh they're gonna come back it was not a, it was it was a pretty uh pretty understated affair also and then you know they got two and so took advantage of bayern bayern struck bayern dropping points but barely i mean they're still six behind and it doesn't feel like like you're saying with this defense they're not gonna challenge anyone and and every everybody else really is way behind so i think bayern will just will just survive we'll talk about a little bit there was an article in kicker this week um about uh, the dominance you know how bayern has been so dominant for so long and there was rumenig and other people talking about why that is 
But really, the short yeah. answer is because nobody else is any good, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, every club has flaws. Bayern Munich's the only club that has eliminated all their flaws. So, like, uh, I guess I guess that's a short answer. We'll talk about it a little more further. But with that being said, I am happy that Dortmund closed the gap a little bit. So now it's six points, yeah. and they still get to play each other in a couple months. So hopefully they, they keep right. close. It's just um, with the yeah. the with their defense the way it is. It's just you just don't feel like oh they can they can make a they run. But we'll out. see, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, but Dortmund and other clubs like that when they bring in their youth towards the end of the season, you start to see a couple of new faces coming in and breaking some records and and, and being a hot ticket hot ticket item. Maybe they have a couple of great young defenders in the wings waiting to come and plug up that defense. One can hope. Only the Dortmund sport director knows the answer to that. But a very cool comeback, a Dortmund 3-2 to two over Frankfurt to set yeah. things right, as it was almost the second upset of the week. Uh, so Dortmund got their win, but with also Gio Reyna's healthy in training. He didn't play, but he's healthy in training. Hopefully he'll start to be integrated into the squad moving forward and would love to see Gio Reyna get some minutes. And maybe that'll also be a positive help Maybe a little extra firepower up top means they can cover their lack of defensive ability. Yeah, is he uh, about? I haven't kept. Is he about to uh, to come back? I think so. He's in full. He's fully healthy again. He okay. is training with the first team squad, and That's great. and uh, so so how they're going to integrate him into the squad moving forward is unclear to me. But I'm assuming he'll come off the bench soon, sooner rather than later. Hopefully next week. We'll see. Maybe some cup minutes. I don't know. Um, Dortmund still in the cup. Uh, some minutes somewhere. Some I minutes somewhere. don't think so. Oh, hey, we've got a comment. Uh, do you think T.S. Gay will fly? Uh, it will fly. Hold on. Do you think T.S. Gay will fly is above Befau Bay? Uh, maybe we'll finish. I, I think he means think, finish Hoffenheim. Oh, we'll finish. Do you think will Hoffenheim, will Hoffenheim, Hoffenheim finish above? Finish uh, there you go. Thank you, Tom. Tom in the chat. Uh, and once again, for those listening at home, we do live broadcasts. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Join us in the chat. Uh, do I think Hoffenheim is above Dortmund? Me personally, no, I do not think so. Uh, nothing against Hoffenheim, but I do think Dortmund, because Dortmund's second place. So uh, I don't see them dropping. Like, I think Dortmund will, at very least, probably finish third place at the end of the season. That would be my prediction. Well, Hoffenheim uh, looks like Hoffenheim looks like the current next contender. You know, we thought we thought Leverkusen for a second could be it, and yeah, uh, and now Hoffenheim, now Hoffenheim is the one that maybe looks like they could uh, they could do something. Well, but then usually, usually it doesn't well, last. I did like this weekend. They contained the freight train. It is recurring. The 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 the. Uh, the the threat, Pepe the kiss. Augsburger, the Pepikister was contained by Hoffenheim. Yeah, I mean... Augsburger Knipser. Yeah. Uh, Hoffenheim with uh, great Chris Richards, uh, uh, speaking of great U.S. center halves, center backs, yeah. that could maybe replace the legacy once left behind by John Brooks. Uh, Hoffenheim had a very confident game. What I will say is when Hoffen Hoffenheim beat Augsburg 3-1, Ricardo Pepe came off the bench, played 30 minutes. He had one or two decent chances. Yeah, he says uh, Hoffenheim's third in the table right yeah, now. Yeah, they're third. They're six six behind six behind Dortmund. It's Bayern six yeah. points ahead of Dortmund. Dortmund six points ahead of ahead of Hoffenheim. 
And uh, so Hoffenheim's on a roll. Second, that would be amazing, and that would be an excellent achievement for Sebastian Hernes and uh, Chris Richards over at Hoffenheim. Uh, let's take the point. Yeah, it's thirty-one to thirty-seven right now. Uh, Hoffenheim, but what I will say is Hoffenheim is only Hoffenheim is third place. But what that 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 that's so tight between third and um, between third and thirteenth. It's just ten points. So yeah. Hoffenheim is the leader of the middle pack because in fourth place it's Flyboy on thirty. Fifth place is Leverkusen on twenty nine. Sixth place it's Köln on twenty eight. Who are also on a little bit of a roll themselves. Uh, uh, Köln, we'll talk about that. Yeah, in a second. incredible. So, yeah. Hoffenheim, it's cool they're in third place right now, but whether they're going to finish third or not, uh, I I don't know. Uh, it'd be cool if they did and get some Champions League football. I'm not against that. I'm but rooting right now. They're just the top of the whole middle pack. You know what I mean? And so I'm 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 rooting for any team for any team that can challenge. Yeah. The team's up top. So and well, and uh, last maybe season Hoffenheim was Wolfsburg, and that ended <laughs> that ended over the summer. Uh, <laughs> you know, Wolfsburg had that great season last year in third place, and I would love for it to be Hoffenheim. I'm a big fan of Hoffenheim. I love what they've done over there. I think uh, 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 I, I love um, I love uh, uh, Sebastian Harness. Like I said, I love Chris Richards. Uh, I love all the Hoffenheim greatness that's been happening and all the years they've been developing players like Sebastian Woody and whatnot. Uh, and uh, who? Ugh, crud. They had another great player that went to Bayern Munich. It wasn't Nico Zula, was it? They had a great player that went to Bayern. Uh, they've had a few players that went to Bayern over the years. Yeah, but uh, big Hoffenheim fan here. Uh, or at least I'm not a huge Hoffenheim fan, but I'm a big supporter of Hoffenheim <laughs> doing well. I'm not against Hoffenheim doing well my mom went to college there so i got a little bit of a connection there oh um, cool in that area um well to, i watched yeah. that game against augsburg and i thought augsburg actually started pretty well they got uh, a bit of a gift the first a, goal right got yeah. the gift the a bit of a gift of a goal early and and uh, they looked like they had something but um but then yeah hoffenheim kind of they did have a, a confidence about them they sort of quietly got control of the game and then really pretty much pretty solidly um, beat Augsburg. Pepe coming, Pepe coming off the bench, along with their other number nine, Niederlechner, who hasn't played much because of injury, and he just came back. And it looked like, at times, it looked like they both wanted to play the same position. They sort of got into well, each other. on the couch. Got each other. They are the same position. Yeah, it's like... Nines. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think this sort of uh, uh, formation, maybe, I don't know. We'll see how we'll, well, we'll see how those Sunday lasts. Yeah, they must still they figure had, it out because they, they play, it was. Don't they play like a four two two two, right? Don't they have like the two up top? And they yeah, it was. I couldn't tell if it was like guys. a. It was definitely two up top. It looked like I couldn't tell if it was meant to be a diamond or it was definitely sort of a four four two kind of variant. And uh, um, but they did kind of have a little get a little spark from Pepe, even though he didn't have a lot of touches. But um, it seemed like. Some something happened when he came in, but we'll see. Good there time. was one he made one he made one good run, and uh, where the his his teammate couldn't find him. But yeah, we'll see. Hey Tom, do you think Hoffenheim will finish above BFB? What are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, and I think um, uh, that game it was two one for the longest time, and there were one or two decent shots for Ausbeut to equalize at the end of the game. Uh, oh, we lost Tom. He left after after. <laughs> Tom, you. <laughs> well, Andrew well, later. Andrew later. He got. He got. Uh, he got nervous. Were, yeah, I got nervous. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. But uh, two. Uh, uh, it was two one, 
And then there were opportunities for them to equalize. And then Hoffenheim was able to catch them on the counter to make a 3-1 as Ausbeuch was throwing it forward. But overall, a decent game. You know, uh, Pepe, you can tell Pepe's still figuring it out. He's a little off. You know, it's been a few weeks since he's been training, still learning the guys. But I still love his confidence. I'm really excited about what moving forward with this Ricardo Pepe situation. I Here's a question. How many goals do you think Ricardo Pepe will sc- have scored by the end of the season? Um, um, I'm going to say... How about this? So do the over-under. Over five or under five? Uh, I would say... I'm going to say under. I had to say it, but I'm probably going to say the same. Or maybe at five. Before you said five, uh, I was uh, thinking... You know, thinking four or five. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Um... Yeah, I think Tom is back. Tom is back. Yeah, we said you you always broke our hearts, but you came back. Thank you, Tom. (laughs) Uh, But I was going to ask you. uh, So what? So also for you, Ricardo Pepe, uh, more than five goals or less than five goals by the end of the season? Yeah, I think. Give us your thoughts. I'm thinking. I'm thinking four. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say four. I'm thinking four too. Not 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 that it's bad. It's just he's still figuring. It's gonna take him a little bit. Then he's gonna start scoring. Maybe a goal every other game, and then the season's over. And then there you go. Uh, 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 maybe maybe five, maybe. Six. If he gets if he gets over five, uh, I think he's it's uh it's that's a success. A success. Yeah, yeah, that's uh four million dollars a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom for five. I think Tom we're, thinks five. We're yeah, five, I think we're all take. we're all pretty much in the same in the same ballpark. Yeah, three um, sensible opinions. <laughs> On Ricardo I have, yeah, we're very reasonable takes all around. Very reasonable takes. Very reasonable <laughs> takes. Uh, okay, cool. So, uh, so that's Ausboich. We're wishing the best of luck next year. Hoffenheim, let's keep that train going. Maybe they'll have a great second half of the season. Maybe Hoffenheim will be the like champions this year. Who knows? The, the the team coached by the man who led to Bayern Munchen's reserves to the third division title will then lead a team to beat Dietas, them in the first division title. Ditas, Ditas, kid. Dita's son, Uli's nephew, uh, yeah. nephew, uh, right? I think nephew is nephew, right? Or is that cousin? And I, I think know. we, I think we have, uh, unfortunately, we have cursed Pellegrino Matarazzo. Hold on, hold on. Cursed. Uh, have we cursed? <laughs> oh, Pellegrino! Unfortunately, Pellegrino Matarazzo had a he has of a not won. Game. He has not won since we started doing that. <laughs> should we stop? <laughs> Never. <I don't> <laughs> should, hey, should we stop doing that? <laughs> no, 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 no. We love Pellegrino Matarazzo here. I think he's still doing a decent job, but Stuttgart had kind of a sleepy, scoreless game in Fort. It was in Fort, I believe. Yeah. Um, it could have been fourth. worse. They could have. It could have lost dominant. that game. Yeah, they could have really yeah, lost for, that game. Yeah, fourth are the tramp donkeys of the Bundesliga. I mean, they're definitely going down. <laughs> I mean, may, maybe they're going to turn around, grab a few points, but Gorta for Julian Glein and Timothy Tillman, the two German Americans on that team, unfortunately, are looking are as looking tall as they the are. They are Bundesliga zwei caliber players. So, so, so there's a chance. It's looking good that they will sink down. So for Stuttgart, who's hanging out at 15th, I believe, right? Uh, who knows where they are now? Definitely. They're, they're definitely in a relegation fight. 15th. They are not yeah. going. This is not going to end quickly. And it was, I mean, I think 
Pellegrino jinxed himself when he when he said his team had showed greatness, and uh, so that was that was maybe overstating it. Just and then we translated and gave it to the English speaking world, and and since then no victories. I think we did bad. Yeah, I think we did bad. Sorry, Pellegrino. (laughs) The Schnitzel, the Schnitzel boys, the first victim of the Schnitzel boys curse. Curse. When we talk about people. They fail. <laughs> so, so we want people to succeed. We will not bring them up on the podcast. Uh, so, and that's uh, Tom. Tom, that's it. We kiss of death for Hoffenheim after we kiss just, of death for Hoffenheim. After we so just unfortunately we about talked that. about it. So I think they're going to get relegated this season. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, so, no. so, but overall, a sleepy scoreless draw for Stuttgart should have done better. Had a pretty decent shot at the end of the game, but the the fourth goalkeeper had a great save, just dipping it right out of the frame. I wish him the best moving forward. Uh, we had Union Berlin versus Bayer Leverkusen. Two to two. Uh, I just want to say that the Union Berlin story is a little understated, right? Isn't what they're doing amazing? And no one's it is amazing, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the best Berlin club in years. Uh, and they came from the second division. They're a small punk rock club. The fans built their stadium. You know, they're a very fan-run people's club. And they're just two years in a row, European spot, very scrappy, very hard to beat, you know, you know, you know, you know beating the best, you know, putting toe-to-toe against Bayer Leverkusen, the exact opposite of a people, people's club. It is an industry club fueled by one of the world's largest research conglomerates, Bayer, Le- Bayer a company my dad worked for for many years, another connection. Mm. I have a little connection. You have, I was going to say, you have, this Speaking is like... In. The whole the Bundes, the Bundesliga is like six degrees of Stefan Schnitzel. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> I have a relation to most club Köln. My my uncle and cousins are season ticket holders to Köln. They're huge Köln fans. Uh, Haas Fau is my mom and my grandfather's club. You name it, I got my foot all you over got, the Bundesliga. Yeah, you've got, got conne- you've got connections. Yeah, yeah. Bayern München is the team I'm probably the biggest supporter of, and that I have no connections to. <laughs> I just watch them on TV. Well, that makes you so, that makes you an average Bayern supporter, right? <laughs> I am an average Bayern supporter. Thank you. Thank you. I would say I'm an above average Bayern supporter, uh, or a below average, since I'm rooting for them to fail, fail finally one of these days. But anyway, so uh, uh, so Bayer Leverkusen two to two against Union Berlin. You know, a pretty simple draw. Nothing to talk about other than the fact that Union Berlin still still being scrappy, still keeping their, yeah. still getting their points. Or is Fisher's doing doing really well? They got uh, a little they got a little lucky in this one. They got some I thought. I thought I thought Leverkusen was the better team in this particular game. And uh Berlin scored hey, That's how Union does it. Scored that's a couple Yeah. No, that's that's what they do. Uh, Bielefeld Freiburg, another 2-2 draw. Very so not much to talk about. It was Christian Streich's <clears throat> 10th year anniversary to the day mm. uh, as head coach of Freiburg. We love Christian Streich. And they they scrapped their way to a 2-2 draw. Uh, I think it was 2-1 to Freiburg, and Bielefeld got in a pretty lucky goal there. Not lucky, but a, a defendable goal that probably the goalkeeper maybe should have done a little better with or the defender should have done a little better with. And they dropped two points, giving a point to Bielefeld, two to two. Uh, Hertha Cone. Speaking of Cone, uh, guess who scored yeah. the first goal for Cone, Bjorn? Anthony, your, your man, Anthony Modeste. Anthony Modeste. 
mad respect to great club players like Anthony Modest. Uh, every club should wish for a guy like Anthony Modest. The dude plays for your club with all his heart, and he's got skill and talent. The and poor man's the the poor man's uh, the poor man's Tati Castellanos. <laughs> I would argue the rich man's Tati Castellanos. <laughs> uh, uh, um, but Anthony Modest still doing Cohen also on quite the winning streak, uh, winning three yeah. one. Cohen are in seventh spot. Good for a club that. Rele- was relegated only a few seasons ago. Only a couple. Of I mean, this ago. is this is just the way the the table is shaping up right now. There is just a large midsection, and if you get right. a, if you get a few wins in a row, you can you can make Europe. up a lot of ground very quickly. Yeah, two two wins sent you to Europe these days. I mean, pretty uh, much. <laughs> but good for I mean, them. But speaking of getting into Europe, uh, we had Leipzig against Mainz. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready to move on? You want to do any other Hertha Cohen talk? I know no, it was no, Hertha's first loss to another new coach. So Hertha are totally lost, but Cohen, Cohen got them that one. Yeah. Uh, got that game. Uh, and then we have, uh, we had um, Leipzig Mainz. Leipzig with yeah. a confident 4 to 1. Mainz Early. opening the game with a red card and a penalty. <laughs> Losing a player uh... and a goal two minutes in. Went well. Uh, Went well. Everything, ever since Jesse Marsh left town, everything is coming up Leipzig. Ever since we started talking about Jesse Marsh and they got rid of him, oh Leipzig's God. been doing A-OK. The schnitzel, the schnitzel boys. Jesse Marsh, by the way, linked to Krasnodar, the Russian club. Wow. Did you know that, Bjorn? I did not know that. Really? I would love to see that. I would love to see that. He's been linked with Monaco and Krasnodar, and I would love to see him in Russia. Very different uh, Very different. <laughs> Uh, lifestyles in those two, yeah, I mean, personally, in those I two places. Uh, you know, Very, Monaco's probably the more desirable position. From a, from a personal... But Krasnodar uh, yeah. might be a great adventure. I mean, how many Americans have played in Russia? Zero. You know, there's been only a couple MLS guys over there, you know. So the connection is pretty slim. So it'd be cool to, you know... It'd be interesting that a league that has have no American players have an American coach. That's Jesus, uh, Jesus Medina, NY, NYCFC cast-off Jesus Medina is headed to CSKA Moscow. Oh, really? Apparently. Well, an, I would say that's an upgrade. Cause, I, you know, quick, I, I think it's, it's pronounced Siska, by the way. Okay. Siska, Moscow. In Germany, wrong. People in Germany, we, will rip me apart. In Germany, we used to say ZSKA Moscow. That's a mouthful. Set as Kyle yeah. Moscow, Lokomotiv Moscow, Spartak Moscow, all the great Moscow clubs. I think Siska uh, Moscow to me is a very cool way of saying it. So that's how I'm going to say it. That's off to Siska Moscow with should. him. I think you should. More yeah, definitely an upgrade. It's a Champions League team. We did not renew his contract, and he didn't want to sign for less. So here he goes. Good for him. Good for him. So, uh, but Leipzig confident for one win over Mainz. Uh, so good for them. Uh, Tyler Adam had a very solid game. I believe he assisted one of the goals. I could be wrong, but I think he assisted one of the goals. Uh, but Leipzig, very confident 4-1 win for them over Mainz. Uh, and as we remember, when the league started, Mainz won one nothing under Jesse Marsh, I believe was the score, uh, several months ago. Uh, so perhaps they're turning around, and perhaps they are going to claim their rightful spot as third spot or in the league coming when the season's over. That's their rightful. That is their rightful spot. They have a right to that spot. That is their right. Well, as a club that spends that kind of money, and and has uh, uh, again, I was a little harsh on Bio when I called them the exact opposite of people's club. 
I would say Leipzig is the exact opposite of people's club as a club specifically run because by of a huge the drink company. Uh, and because they refuse, like they make membership unattainable for regular folk. It's, it's employees only. It's sort of, um, for those of you who don't know, Leipzig has a way of futzing with all the flaunting the 50 plus one rule. Right, right. Yeah, well, and a lot of. But also bringing, uh, on, at the same time, bringing Bundesliga soccer to the east of Germany, which where it had not really been otherwise. So. Yeah, I'm not, that's a discussion from the time. Essentially, they're, they're, they're approaching it like an American club. They turned Leipzig into an American franchise. They turned into an MLS expansion franchise. That's what they did in Leipzig. And in the, in the wide world of sports, that's perfectly fine, acceptable, especially like here stateside. But in Germany, it, left, it leaves a bad taste to a lot of their fans' mouths. As, you know, is their right as German fans who are very proud club supporters yeah. and believe the club should be the people. More power to them. I love it. However, you know, as far as East German clubs go, Union Berlin is a success story. That's true, uh, Hansa yeah. Rostock was like one of the big East German clubs left in the 90s there, what, in the third division these days. Uh, U.S. men's national team manager once played for mighty Energy Cottbus once upon a time mm. when they were in the yeah, yeah. Zwei. They're in, I think, the regular Liga nowadays. Also you know, far, I mean, far down clubs are there yeah not a lot yeah. that's uh lot. that's true um yeah uh, speaking of the 50 plus one there was also some grumbling uh you know this this week's edition of kicker magazine has a a big article about peppy and the peppy hype and uh and there was a little sidebar about how you know david blitzer sort of became a minority owner of fc augsburg and there's some grumbling there too that this wasn't really fully uh, made transparent to the public and he just kind of um, bought some bought some some uh, uh, a minority stake and then people were like well he's not really doesn't have much influence and but i mean you know he definitely facilitated this transfer and so yeah and last week our guest Wolf Stormann, who is an employee of lc Ausboy and hosts our podcast he, he sort of mentioned they don't really care exactly the financial specific. I don't think the fans care at Ausbeug, at least, the specifics. But I remember when Hertha Berlin got that huge uh, investor, Lars Finhorst, or Berlin, I forgot his name, mm -hmm. but he's some German billionaire, kind of like a German Elon Musk or whatever. Uh, well, not Elon <laughs> Musk, but he's some German I was going to say, yeah. yeah. And uh, he, he, um, uh, he was convinced by the Hertha board to invest, and he Gave my 200 million euros above because legally you can't own more than 49%. So no matter how much money you give an organization, it, you're never going to have more than a 49% stake ever. So mm -hmm. if Hector Berlin is valued at $100 million and I give him $49 million, I get 49%. But if I give him $149 million, I still only get 49%. Get 49, like right, it doesn't, right, right. doesn't get past that. So Lars um, Vinhorst, <laughs> who might, that might be his name. I think that's kind of his name. Uh, again, I should have Googled this ahead of time. Uh, gave them like 200 million euros more than would have given them a stake. And I'm just very curious what, like, why, like, where does he get, he got, he must get his money back somehow. Maybe he gets a percentage of shirt sales or merchandising rights. There, there, there's probably some business voodoo that goes on that people are doing their best to try to circumvent the 50 plus one a little bit, you know, like, like, here's this again, this is just me spitballing here. But let's say I, 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 I invest into Ausboy and I spend $20 million on Ricardo Pepe. $10 million comes from the club. $10 million comes from me personally. And I own a 50% stake in Ricardo Pepe, like a third-party owner. 
And so he's an Amish boy player, but maybe I have 50% rights to all his shirt sales, his mar- merchandising rights, and maybe I get a 50% stake to his sell-off too. Maybe that's something that's going on. You know, I don't know. I'm sure there are rules against stuff like that, but I'm sure that's the kind of business dealings that's happening behind the scenes. And, you know, this David Blitzer, what's his motivation to have, be a minority investor in a, in a small Bundesliga club? You know, does he get his money back? Well, he wants his he wants his uh, his stake to increase in value, right? Like that's uh, he's, right. he bought he bought his shares for a certain amount, and he's hoping to drum up American interest, American you know raise the profile of the team and make it more valuable. I think. Uh, well, more power to him. More power to him. There is sort of I'm he, a fan of the fifty plus one rule in general. I, I like I like the control. I like the the. The fan engagement, I like that it's reasonable. It's I think German clubs, for the most part, are financially very stable. Uh, you know, in contrast to clubs in England, you know, they're, they're a little bit more stable. Uh, and does it does it hamper growth? Well, I don't know. That's sort of the big topic this week. About uh, I think yes. Dominant. I think the answer is right. yes. I think the I think the answer okay. is unequivocally yes. It does hamper growth. Well, but it, essentially all it's doing is is um, like like if let's say let's pull an example of that. Let's say some Saudi Arabian consortium worth a trillion dollars buys your club. Let's say that happens. Let's just pretend in the real world that that's happened recently in Newcastle, perchance. Right. Let's say instead of buying Newcastle, they bought Ausboy and they just owned Ausboy, uh, and then they just gave Ausboy two hundred million dollars to buy players, like. That's that's that would grow them, but I think it'd be incredibly. That's just inflating. Essentially, nothing was earned. You know what I mean? That as a club, they didn't pull it off. They just have all this injection of cash, and they're just some rich guy's play toy now. What happens when that rich guy doesn't want that play toy anymore? You know what I mean? There's no stability there. Well, I so think. I, think I mean, I fifty plus one rule prevents. I think I agree. I mean, I agree with you. That's true. But if you, I mean, if you compare. Uh, um, the Bundesliga to other to other European leagues, they are they are more financially responsible. But in I think the trade off is they're also they have fallen behind a little bit in terms of the quality of the squads compared to England, Spain, and even Italy. Now I think we're Germany's now fourth, right, in the UEFA coefficient where they determine how many Champions League spots you get, etc. I think it's pretty even with Italy, but it used to be, you know, for a while, uh, uh, Germany was second after La Liga and ahead of England, and that's certainly not the case now. And I think that was a while you know, ago, though. Now that was probably back in the nineties. Like five, no, 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 not that long. Five, six years, not that long ago. Oh, yeah. And well, uh, what, uh, what that forces Bundesliga to do is develop youth, and I love that. I mean, who England doesn't develop youth? Uh, Italy and Spain do. Uh, but I think Germany does a little better, and Germany does a better job developing everybody else's youth as well. <laughs> so, like the the other thing about the fifty plus one rule is it's good for us Americans because it forces the clubs to really put forth effort into their youth development, which in the Bundesliga, I must say, is top tippy top class. You know, yeah. there's there's a few non Bundesliga academies that are excellent. I'm not saying there aren't, but overall, the Bundesliga is a great place for a young player to go. Uh, it's, yeah, and, it definitely you know, is. And so the 50 plus one rule has benefits. It, it, it develops our young players. You know, it develops our uh, Sal Zizzo and Sebastian Soto and um, 
Josh Sargent, you know, all those great American players. Yeah, those great American (laughs) players who've come from Germany. Well, let's talk about it. I have have a whole list of things uh, uh, about, you know, speaking of transfers. So we last last week, it wasn't confirmed. Jimmy Sands, NYCFC's first homegrown personal friend of mine, (laughs) 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 practically a member of my family, uh, is now going to Rangers in Scotland on an 18-month loan with an option to buy, not an obligation. What awesome. is happening? What, what, what? And I... Well, it's a good move. I mean, I don't... Is it, though? I love when young Americans go to Europe. You know, I love... I love, this I love is, for James Sands to you, go to Rangers and, and compete for a spot. He, they're, they're, he's not... There are players ahead of him. He's going to have to earn his spot at Rangers. He's going to have to up his game. I want to only be good for his development. And I want to challenge this. I want to challenge this notion of yeah. So the big topic is: is going to Europe? What's the what's your thesis question? Why? Well, good thing. The question is why? Why? It's and it's a real question. Why go to Why go to Europe? For the answer is for for any for anyone. I mean, I think there is this, and you 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 just said it, and I think that's the I guess the I, I think of it as the Klinsman, the Klinsman doctrine, is everybody needs to go to Europe, by hook or by crook, taking a plane, taking a boat, however you get there, if you're if you are uh, if you are an American soccer player, you need to go to Europe. Why? Let real quick. Why? It's a question of why. Real quick. Klinsmann has refuted that. Recently on Football Americas, he asked if it's smart for Pepe to go to Germany, and Klinsmann said no. Klinsmann recommended Pepe to stay at FC Dallas for another year or two. Then Klinsmann said a story where when he was 20, he was at Stuttgart, um, Arsene Wenger, Monaco wanted him, and he wanted to go. And the then Stuttgart president said no, and he stayed at Stuttgart for two more seasons, then went to Inter Milan, where he was a big hit at Inter Milan. And he said that was good for him to stay for two more seasons, to... To keep, as you know, Klinsman's a baker. He comes from a baker's family. Keep that bun in the oven for, for a couple of years. Uh, you know, I, so, so I understand. So, okay. so I, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm in but I mean, here. well, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying the answer, you know, I want to answer the question. Why, why do they go to Europe? And I guess the, the number one, number one reason is Europe, you know, people say it's the better. The, the competition is higher. It's, it's where you want to prove yourself where you want to go. Tom is saying, I think most go to Europe for personal development. So I guess it's uh, like private, private reasons. It's sort of like, it's like an adventure. It's like studying abroad. Um, But I think there's a, it's, there's a, there's a sporting side to it where this, there's this idea of like, Oh, it's your, the competition is higher. You're going to get better, which, you know, can talk about whether that's true or not always. And the other thing is money. There's more, you, right. you, you, you make more money. And well, this is a complicated question to answer. I, I, I think it's a case. I think the real answer is everything is a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is times have changed. Once upon a time, uh, uh, like a, an MLS player or more likely like a South American player from Argentina or Brazil, they would win the title. They would win the scoring title in Brazil. They'd win the, the title for their team. They'd be 24, 23, 
and then Bayern München or Barcelona or someone Valencia or someone will just buy them to go start playing for them to be a scoring leader right away for them, and and then that would work. That would happen. Ronaldo would go, and Romario would go. Right, 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 right. And, and I, I mean, this is a very odd uh, example, but I think Villarreal, I think, spent $1.5 million on Martin Palermo, an Argentinian star from Boca once upon a time. And his job was, this is like 2000, 2001, like and his job was to go and score and be a scorer. He was a proven goal scorer in Argentina, so that transfer straight to Spain, and it did. Nowadays, it's just not the case. Europe has propelled itself higher to be haves mm-hmm. and everywhere else in the world, including South America is slowly going behind. And what's happened over the last 10 years is European clubs just want to buy all these players right out of the womb. They're just buying 16 year olds. Now they're not buying 23 year olds they are buying 16 year olds. Right. Or as we're seeing with Ricardo Pepe, 18 to 19 year olds, that kind of thing. The, 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 the old philosophy was be a champion here first, win titles, prove yourself then you can go to Europe and keep proving yourself in your prime. That's just not the case anymore. European clubs want you young. They want to develop you. They want to spend time with you. And they want you to grow there and essentially spend your entire career in Europe. Now, there are exceptions. We're seeing that, 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 that that's the philosophy of the elite clubs. Right. Well, clubs. that's, that's, a, that's a, a, what I was going to say, that there is this sort of tier. There's a top tier of young talent that are on this trajectory, the elite club trajectory, they will find an academy early. And then that is sort of the, the, but everybody below that is not necessarily, you know, good example from our, you know, I'm, I like the NYCFC examples, Gio Reyna. There's a lot of people upset, a lot of fans upset, you know, his dad was our, was NYCFC's GM at the time. And people like, how did he not sign? How did he not sign a contract for, New York City FC, so now we let him go for nothing. But he was a teenager that was just clearly always the best player of the academy. He was on a different a different trajectory. For him to sign a, a contract for an MLS team would have just uh, uh, been a hindrance for him to uh, uh, sign somewhere else. So he just went to the to Dortmund very early, and and now he's a he's a first team player. Like this is sort of the top tier of people, the Pulisics. The right. Giorenas of the world. Do you feel if Giorena stayed at NYCFC, he would have developed the same player he is right now? No, I think he made the right. I think he made the right decision for him, for sure. I think mm-hmm. he was he was in this. He's in this tier. I agree with you that this is, and I think that's sort of the uh, um, the point I'm getting to. It's very, uh, it's a very case by case kind of thing, and the details matter a, a great deal. I think in these questions like for example the other side of the coin is chris mueller going to hibernia right from orlando city we love chris mueller he's a great player kind of overlooked on the national team uh scale i would say i think he's really proven himself as a pretty damn good right winger. there's plenty of other options and there's team away on you know all the other so he's sort of fifth sixth maybe seventh down in the depth chart there but he's a very capable winger very exciting guy scoring goals um and he went to hibernia now that's not I, like that. I think like what Tom said, that's very much like a cool, fun, personal adventure. Let's go to Edinburgh. Let's go to a club where I'm the only American there and I have to represent my country, even though I'm not America's best and brightest, uh, but I'm pretty decent. I'm like a professional, good, hardworking player. Uh, you know, I don't think Hibernian is going to make him a better player. 
Maybe it will. Who knows? Maybe maybe there's challenges that will make him a better player. I don't think it'll make him a worse player. I think I think he'll still be a professional. But that that's a move where it's just like I just want to go to Scotland. I don't know if it'll necessarily help his national team, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, his national team aspirations. Uh, but I don't think it'll hinder it. Either. Yeah. So that's. I mean, I think one of those like. I think that's the next point. The next point I was going to make is that all of Europe is not the same. Right. It's uh, you know you have the top you have the top five leagues, you know France even being sort of uh, um, quite a bit yeah. qu- you know quite a bit below. I think the average salary of the of Ligue 1 is really is only like about twice what it is in MLS. So it's not you. It's right. not that that big a gap. And in in Scotland, and this is not you know we got into into trouble with Scottish the with the Scottish fans with. on uh, Scottish fans <laughs> last week because we were kind of <laughs> pulling literally while during the podcast 60 minutes ago another comment a couple of people being reasonable but a couple of people are like you're talking shite oh you're talking shite I mean we we Irish. I I knew I knew that this that you know James Sands his last name being Sands that that wasn't going to be a deal breaker for him to go to <laughs> go to Scotland I understood but by the way the first sort of semi-official announcement of Sky Scotland did mention a chicken dinner in the in the uh, in the. So it's also not not a thing. I just want to say, right. but uh, um, I know. But we but knew that a lot of back and forth. We're talking about sort of a lateral move or a step up, and fans are talking about like MLS is piss poor. There's a huge move up. It's like ah. Eh, but I think, <laughs> but that is not. That's <laughs> no <laughs> longer. That's no longer really true, right? Like it's not. I mean. First of all, love to love to Scotland and uh, not to single them out. This is yeah, true for Sweden. This is true in for Sweden, Switzerland, Belgium, you know, all of these. And I think the Scots have it particularly hard because they take so much shit from the right, English, right, from, you know, from about from the South, about yeah. the lack of the, the, the lack of quality in their league. So they must, you know, two MLS dudes giving them grief they must be like we're not like, we're not, not taking you, you little we're not you taking that me. not from you <laughs> not from not from you not from you so fair fair play fair play there fair play. we understand but uh um but the truth is you know like there's rangers and there's celtic and everybody else is probably below mls level yeah, and the right. and the list of the list of people like you're saying chris Mueller, there's christian ramirez is playing there at Aberdeen well. as Aberdeen who's doing pretty well. And, and now what uh, Dante, another, uh, another NYCFC Academy grad, Dante Polvara, who just is won. He the one he just signed with. with he just uh, signed with Aberdeen also. Aberdeen, he's, right. Yeah. He's going right to be with, college. with Christian right from college. Right. So he also presumably was offered a, a homegrown contract from NYCFC that he declined. And, uh, for him, it's not a money thing. Like I think Aberdeen's average salary is probably about what he would have gotten f- from from NYCFC. I don't think it's a, but he just thinks you know this is his uh, trajectory, and we'll see if that really works. The list of uh, the list of Americans in Scotland historically is a, a not historically, but over the last like few years, yeah. as because really MLS, it has to be said, this is a recent thing. In my time that I've really followed, I started following MLS pretty uh, uh, more, in more detail only in 2015 when NYCFC started. And over the last seven years, it's really the quality has risen. 
There's been oh, yeah. the the DPs and the there's been efforts made to kind of strengthen the middle of the roster so the teams are more coherent. Yeah. Tam and Gam, not to get into all that, but there is we should, the roster. Explain to the Scottish fans what Tam and Gam. Oh is. yeah, they they would love they would love that. <laughs> That'll take a whole hour. We're gonna Thomas. No, Tom is gonna Tom is gonna fall asleep if we do that. Tom is saying Cameron Carter Vickers has a fantastic season with Celtic. No call ups yeah. from US men's national team. It's true. It does not that seem change. Maybe, but, but I'm so real quick. But I'm saying it's not. No, let me Rangers just let me. Celtic are an exception, right? So Rangers and Celtic are an exception. But in general, I think what what Tom is saying, and I agree with it. It's like being in Scotland is not a ticket into the national team. It's not. It's not a league, you know, the, the mix, the mix discarude days are behind us where like, you, you know, playing anywhere in Europe would guarantee you uh, a spot on the national team. He and he, Sweden. no, he was in uh, Sweden, right. Or in, yeah, yeah. no, it was Norway. I he's, think it was Norway he's playing, or Sweden. playing in the Cy- Cypriot, he's playing in Cyprus, I believe. Cypriot, he was like, it was, uh, it was weird because yeah. yeah, he's in the, he's played everywhere. He played in Dubai. He was like, he's been around. I mean, it was like back then, I was just thinking about this today. He, when he arrived at NYCFC, not a DP contract, it was like, oh my God, this is amazing that we got him because he was this hype. He was a national team. He, he was, was a national team guy. He was a, he was a, he was a national a, yeah. team caliber player. Yeah. Which he should, which well, team I mean, was he though? Like we, he, he then, he scored the first yeah. goal for us. The whole first goal ever, and we were like, "Oh my god, he's amazing!" I put my put his name on my shirt. I bought one of his stupid baseball mix Yankee style looking hats that said oh. "mix mix" on him that he had he made. A, you know, he, you. I was like, "I'm I was ready to be a fan," and then it was like, "What's going on?" He's got oh, is he playing out of position? He doesn't, and it took us like two years to be like, "Oh, it turns out he's not all that good." Like, there's nothing. Yeah. There's, there's no real. Not, he's just not as focused. He might have been a little bit. He sort of might have lost his focus a little bit. You know, we, you know, with players, well, you never know. Some players are amazing, excuse, yeah. and then something happens, and they're not amazing anymore. The next, exactly the next point I was going to make. This is a, a huge, a huge thing that people don't often talk about. People often sort of think of these players as these chess chess pieces. You know, you you take them, right. you take them from here, and you put them here. And it's kind of the same thing, but that's not, it's not the case. It's for most of us, there's a few players who are, you know, we were saying like there's this top tier of talent, these guys who are just amazing and they'll, but for most pro players, fit relationship, how do you fit into a system? How do you get along? Where is the, it's very, very important. And it's not always replicable. So if you're, yeah, if you're when a guy you like the environment you're in, yeah, yeah, if you're a guy like Jimmy Sands, James, you know, who's 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 made it into the into the first team, he's got a regular spot. I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe you should think about it. Should think twice before you just kind of up and leave, thinking, "Oh, it can only get better. It can't just get better. It can all. It can get worse." And there's a lot of I, stories I know like you're that because you lost him. But I think overall, it's a good move for him. Because it just challenges them. I know you'd rather have Jimmy Sands. I'm not saying you wouldn't. And, well, and I mean, I would have. I would have rather. See, that's fine too. I would have been happy. Start, well, the iron's hot when the opportunity comes. Yeah, but this iron, this is not a hot iron. That's the point I'm making. I don't think an 18 month loan. This seems. This deal smacks of. And listen, I of course I'm biased. Of course I'm sad to see him go. I would have selfishly loved for him to go in the Bundesliga somewhere. I think this also kind of. 
this slots him sort of into this tier of of guys who are like not quite good enough for the national team. And he's going to be like, you know, he, he's now on a trajectory where like in in <coughs> two, three years, we'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, I remember he was he played in the Gold Cup that one time. And uh, I don't know. I, it's also 18 month loan. It's like, why? Why an 18 month loan? This is this is, seems like to seems designed to accommodate seems designed that, that, to accommodate be... Rangers. Yeah, I was gonna say that could be so maybe maybe the Rangers because with COVID and stuff, European club. I think. Well, I mean, there's you know, it's it's the it's the Claudio Reyna, Gio von Bronckhurst connection because he's yeah, the coach but... now, and I think probably he feels like oh, he has an in, and the coach wants you think him. Claudio Reyna this... from Austin, who was at Austin now, is hooking up NYCFC players with. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think there is, I'm sure this is, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist. You know, Claudio Arena, he started the academy. Sans, he played with Gio. They are the same. They were... uh, Also, uh, weakening your opposing teams in your own league is also a good strategy. Oh, for for Claudio? For Austin, they don't have to play against James That's This is the the long game. Oh, but I think and and Giorena and Giorena is is named Gio because of Gio von Bronckhurst. They're very... Right. They're very, they're very close. Those Good two. So I don't think days. you don't have to be, you don't have to be particularly conspiracy minded to think that this is somehow, uh, uh, this is how this came to be. Perhaps and 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 maybe James was like, this seems like a good move because the uh, the coach wants me and. But you know, Gio Gio Van Broncos, he just got there. He could get fired in three months, and then poor Jimmy is uh, He's sitting there. Here we go. I think I read um, somewhere that Tom? Sands said it was a childhood dream to play for Rangers. Yeah, perhaps. Oh, interesting. Maybe okay. His, yeah. Maybe his grandparents are from Glasgow. I think he has. I mean, that's. But this is this is sort of the 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 point I'm making, is that I I just don't love it. I just don't love this. I don't love this move. I'm not anti him going anywhere. I'm not anti people going to Europe. But I think these moves one should evaluate on a case by case basis, and this one I don't love. And, uh, I understand what you're saying. I would love to offer a little bit of a counterpoint of willy-nilly heading to Europe. Okay. Now, this is from a New York Red Bulls perspective, from MLS perspective. There's a type of player, especially at New York Red Bulls, we've used them over the years. There's a type of player I love. And, and it's a type of player that become a great MLS sort of lifer, a great MLS club player. Not necessarily lifer because they went to Europe, but the, 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 the recipe to be becoming a great MLS club player there's a guy named Mike Grella who played for the New York Red Bulls. Grella Genio, we call them. Not megged, uh, not megged Frank Lampard, famously. Not megged Frank Lampard, right? Mike yeah. Grella, I think, was from the New York Red Bulls Youth Academy many years ago. I think he's from Jersey. He <clears> left early. He went off to Europe. He was kind of a journeyman, lost his place, didn't play much. Did the thing you're talking about, did the bad path. He went over there, maybe lost his love for soccer a little bit, and then flushed out. And then New York Red Bulls signs those players on a free. Luis Robles came that way. Mike Grella, like I just said. Sasha Kleschen is a good example of a player like that. Uh, you know, Sasha Kleschen had a great career in Belgium. Uh, but, you know, it didn't take him. He didn't win a Champions League or anything. And then when it was done, he was in his prime. And he came back. And those guys can become club leaders. Because I think what Europe does, you know, if you go to Greece or wherever you're going, uh, even if it isn't giving you tippy-top Champions League 
week in, week out competition, it forces you to be consistent. And I think it does improve your professionalism a little bit. Uh, uh, Eric Winalda has this old story where, like, I think maybe when he's at Bochum, they, like, lost a game to the last-minute goal. He just went in the locker room. He's like, oh, man, that was crazy, right, guys? And then someone threw a shoe at his face. And the the cleat, like, like <laughs> broke skin. And the player yelled at him. He's like, we just dropped three points. Damn it. Like, yelling at him. Uh, because freaking every minute, every point counts. Even if you're in the second division, every minute counts. And that has to improve your consistency as a player. It has to force you to always know how to be at your best. So my one criticism for an MLS system was like, you're allowed to go sleepy bye-bye for 10 games. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean you lose your spot, you know. And, and you have this mentality of like, well, it's playoffs, time to do my A game. Where in Europe, every week has to be your A game. So that right there, I think, helps your mentality a little bit. And I think we've had a lot of players. I, I know the Rangers fan made fun of Emerson Heinemann being one, one, one guy in the comments is like, you gave us one of your best players. And he was a like, washout. Emerson Heinemann. And I'm like, okay, okay. I don't think he was one of our best players, but whatever. <laughs> Emerson Heinemann's a good yeah, example. He spent this... time in Europe. He's a good, solid player. Now he's a solid player for Atlanta, a great club player. You know, They don't all have to be Ronaldo, but I do believe it does make you like it's very rare for someone to go to europe and after a few seasons of europe can't hack it anywhere in the united states usually they can at least get a spot on an mls club somewhere bobby wood's a good example of that i know he's still working his way off get minutes but a few seasons he lost his way in europe and i think he's a really good quality mls player and i think there's a lot to come from him the next season you know what I'm saying? So that would we'll be like counter of what you're see. Okay, let's let's nail it down. What's the over under on Bobby Wood goals next season? <laughs> uh I think he's gonna get ten. Maybe no over way. 10. Yeah. I'll take the under. But, but even I'll if take he the under. Come, comes off the bench, he scores he scored that playoff goal. He's still a usable player for your club. He's even if he's okay. a squad player. You know what I'm saying? Like like he has a certain professionalism to him. Uh, here we go from Todd. Biggest problem with pro rail. Todd is, uh, it's pro, we, the pro rail. Oh boy. The Schitzel boys. We have a big pro rail project planned. Yes. Coming TBD. Uh, We're going to break it, it down. We're going to, we have, not the time. we have thoughts. We have thoughts about pro rail. And so does everybody uh, else. So, does everybody else. so and, that'll be my uh, counter to going to like a Hibernian or an Aberdeen or uh, a certain, a recent player. Well, I don't think Rangers is Rangers is a good example for that though. Cause they don't really, I no, mean, it is not. And, uh, uh, I mean, the, but the, James Sands is a young prospect who's maybe one of our better center halves. Right? Center I guess back, right? I just thought so, of him as better than Emerson Hindman. Maybe he is just Emerson. He's just a different version of Emerson Hindman. I thought maybe he'd be, but he would. He his ceiling was higher than that. I guess. Well, we'll no see. disrespect to Emerson Hyman. That's not what I'm saying. I think he can go to Rangers. Maybe he can earn. He has to fight for his spot. The center backs are kind of uh, uh, settled. Maybe he can earn a center back, back spot. Be a key figure, kind of like Cameron Carter Vickers. Really get in there, become a regular. Uh, oh, what if the future U.S. Men's National Team back two is a Rangers and a Celtic center back? <laughs> the best center backs for the respective clubs. That well, I, I just want to see. I, I don't think to see that. I don't think Sands's best position is center back anyway. I think he's a six. Holding man. He's a six. Yeah, well we yeah. need a six. We we need to 
We need to do well, Greg. Okay, Greg does Shadow Tyler Adams. And that's what I. That's where I. Him. That's where I saw him. I. Um, uh, Greg doesn't agree. He only played him there like for twenty minutes against Honduras, and uh, yeah. it was a rough. Um, We've talked. No, about no, this. he played. No, the the. Well, anyway, the. Uh, um, I think. I think I think there is going to be there has to be a continual reevaluation of you know where MLS how MLS and Europe compare you know we're about to enter I just read about this today you know the the MLS TV contract is up right. and uh, so starting in the 2023 season and now people are uh, the first numbers that are being thrown out is that that it's going to be an annual uh, uh, two hundred and fifty million dollars. Now it's now they now the MLS TV contract is ninety million a year, and they split that right. with US Soccer because that includes men's national more. team. Well, the they next one won't, but moving, the ninety million forward, they will not. the ninety million won't. So the yeah. two hundred fifty will not. So that means that means uh, uh, MLS that's a real clubs. Number, by the way, that's a good number. I mean, that's three times the budget. Well, but that that means MLS that, that, that MLS clubs are going to are going to quadruple they're going to quadruple their budgets. Yeah, and, and hopefully that'll right. finally affect maybe salaries a little more, which which would be great. I, this is kind of a little off topic on topic, but Lorenzo Insigne signed for fifteen million dollars a year because MLS rules that you're allowed to have three DPS, so they're allowed to pay one person fifteen million dollars a year, but they are not allowed to pay ten people one million. Right, right, you know what I'm right. Saying? So it's a little weird, you know. Those are rules that could maybe also. Yeah, there's be- a lot of there are a lot of rules, and there's definitely, yeah. Unbalanced you could say you can say a lot. Tom says MLS has many problems. One of them is pro L. We'll talk about it. I, but yeah. however you feel about that, there is going to be over the course of the next few years leading up to the 2026 World Cup, there will be budgets will go up, quality will yeah. improve. And the gap is going to continue to narrow, the and United so we're going to. We're going have the potential to be a world's elite league. They have the infrastructure and resources for it. So, so it's going to be because it sounds like, and it has sounded like, like you said, going after the World Cup. You know, what league of choice, top five league, whatever you want to call it, MLS does have the potential for that. You know, people in the comments sort of can make fun of me as much as they want. The and, resources are there. We have a yeah. giant country full of 320 million people hungry for something. Plenty of them are hungry for sports. Plenty of them are hungry for soccer. And it's a sports nation. We have the infrastructure for it. So And there is, and it is going to, I mean, there's no question. There's a whole, it's different, different status over there. You know, like Rangers fans, clearly Jimmy, James Sands just won MLS Cup. I bet he can still walk down Broadway in uh, in broad daylight right. without no without right. too many people <laughs> bothering him, that will not be the case in Scotland. There's certainly a yeah. huge difference in status and how much people care about it. Even just you know Scottish people on Reddit uh, commenting on on our kind of uh, half baked <laughs> Scotland Scotland ideas. Reddit on YouTube and uh, <laughs> um, so there. It's not. I'm not saying there are no differences, but it's gonna the the discussion is going to continue the it's it's changing and it's going to continue to change and there's no one size fits all the answer is not like oh go to europe definitely don't go to you know it's it's a case-by-case thing dante povara decided aberdeen is a spot we'll see how that goes i don't like 
this Rangers thing for Jimmy Sands. We'll see how that goes. Jurgen Lokadia just went the other way. He was a very Dutch striker. He played for Brighton Hove Albion very successfully and, uh, f- you know, played for a while and then mm-hmm. moved to FC Cincinnati as a, in a DP spot, very highly, highly touted. And that didn't work. Terrible and now he's, that. he went to Bochum. He's <coughs> sitting on the bench in the Bundesliga on a free. What? We'll see. We'll see how he does in the Bundesliga. We'll see. We'll what see I, how he does. I, yeah, you know, um, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm. What I will say, that's the point I'm gonna make. A few years ago, I noticed it dried up in MLS. Like five years ago, I noticed like no one was going to Europe. This was right before the boom, the youth boom that happened a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. It was just dry. Like people were playing in MLS. Uh, 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 the national team was made up like the only Europeans, the only Americans in Europe were hyphenated Americans, like the German Americans, that kind of stuff. And like Jeff Cameron, he was like the only American playing in England or something. Right. And then, and then, and then, so I was just wondering, like, what what happened to the Clint Dempsey's and the Brian McBride's and the, you know, what happened to Americans that just stopped for a while? Yeah. And I'm very happy to say that those floodgates have opened and opened in a way we've never seen before. So now it's the exact opposite. Yeah. Well, now, I think like, there was there was an there article was just... about Barcelona and Real Madrid fighting over a nine year old playing in the Philadelphia Union Academy. <laughs> that, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, good luck. That's way too. But I love the fact that, like, right now America's kind of a hot ticket, and a we've earned it, and b I'm excited about it. It probably will cool off at some point, but enjoy it while it lasts. Well, the proof has to be in the pudding. You know, we will have to see. We'll have to see, you know, because all these all these people we're talking about are sort of data points in this ongoing in this ongoing discussion. We're going to see how Sands does. We're going to see how Pepe does. We're going to see how Locadia does. We're going to see how Povar does. You know, all of these Chris Mueller, (laughs) Christian Ramirez. No, we forget about we forget about. But Chris Mueller is a good example. He's doing great. He was at Minnesota United. And now he's uh, where is he in Scotland? He's like one of their better scorers. He's, uh, he's in Aberdeen. He's in he's, he's at in Dante. Aberdeen. Yeah, and uh, uh, but I don't know Chris Mueller. He was a starter in Orlando. I don't know. Was that the, was that his his the right move? We'll see. And uh, we see. but it's an it's a it'll never it'll yeah we'll keep talking about it and we'll keep watching we'll keep watching these players. A hundred percent. You know, like also some play like. Real quick, there's some moves are better than others. Like Ethan Horvath go to Nottingham Forest was such a confusing move. Uh, if he got his spot, it would have been cool. But he just lingers on the bench. There he the just yeah, what and he's not. Serve? He doesn't he do it now. Club in Belgium. He should somewhere he could play. Richie yeah. Larea. Richie Larea is now going there as well, signing for Nottingham Forest. Oh, is he really? Um, yeah, he just uh, I guess Toronto. Toronto's. Scraping the scraping up all their pennies to pay for for pay for in senior. Everybody's everybody's gotta they gotta uh, uh, they're gonna turn Those over. They're gonna, roster rules. Gonna reach like, into the fifty million dollars a year, but all your buds have to be a thirty thousand dollars. Gonna year. gonna reach into the cracks of the couch for the for the, <laughs> the whatever pennies they can find. Yeah, to yeah pay no, they're for, running to a GoFundMe. Toronto FC is a GoFundMe right now. I'll pay for the rest of our squad. All right, cool. Very cool. So we didn't talk real quick about the Rumenega kicker article. Essentially, he just mentioned that Barnes were doing great, and he just wants other teams to just do a little better, right? Is that the how's that, how's that pretty much way? other people? Uh, well, Mateos, Mateos, Lota Mateos had sort of the most interesting soundbite in this article that talked about Bayern's dominance, and he was saying, 
it's yeah basically the same thing it's it's up to the competition you uh, uh um if uh, dortmund was run like freiburg or mainz he would uh, uh they would they would be more competitive so i think i mean especially in the case of dortmund it's really true that it's not necess- it's not all a money thing you know it is also just right. how you use the money because bayern reading this article bayern has has whiffed on a bunch a bunch of their big trend you know a lot of their uh, uh the transfers that uh, um really were successful were pretty cheap or free you know like Lewandowski and uh um, and, and their best players a lot of their and, best players come from their and, own academy. and muller and yeah or come from their academy if come from come from other clubs um, and then, you know, remember Renato Sanchez or, you know, like these people that right. they've paid big money on that really didn't. So it's not like no. Bayern is this infallible, is run by these infallible geniuses. And, you know, in terms of net transfer income, uh, Dortmund has has uh, um, beaten them by 200 plus million dollars. Oh, yeah. And so well, it's not all... on Pulisic, Dembele. Right. They sold uh, Obama Yang. Yeah, they're going to uh, get. They're going to get some Sancho for record. Going to get some money for Holland. Three, yeah. four hundred million euros, right there. It's five. It's there. about. It was just under six hundred million. I mean, yeah. first of all, also they bought back. What have they done with that? So, um, yeah, yeah. So they yeah. are. It's it's really on the competition to. Uh, and I think you know once this generation of of Lewandowski, Neuer, and Müller. The spine kind of. Uh, yeah, we'll um, see how Bayern. Once they're that. done, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's really the the onus is on the on yeah. the uh, competition. Much like talking about Prorel, the onus is on the lower leagues and not on MLS. But that's just my that's just my little that's my little, little teaser. My little teaser. Teaser. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but that was a lot of fun. We thought uh, Bundesliga. Bundesliga's back. Football's back. Uh, we're still waiting on MLS later in the month. We got U.S. qualifiers. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Uh, and we got we, we are on Peppy Watch to see how Peppy does every he's time on track to score the five goals we all predict. Thank you very much every week. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, this is um, Shitsa Boys. We broadcast live every Monday night. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom, for commenting, joining us. Yeah, uh, we're also available on demand as a podcast, and we will snip this up in a few different videos on YouTube throughout the week. Uh, so please uh, like, subscribe, and join our uh, podcast. Hey, Brett! Hey, we got a second. We got Tom and Brett. We got two. Thank you for this joining is, us, uh, Brett. Thank you for joining us, Tom. This is a we're record. here every Monday night. We'll see you guys next week. Bis nächste Woche. Tschüss. Tschüss.